Welcome, tennis fans, to the 14th episode of Tennis Shivers, Exploring the Game, the podcast that delves into the heart of the tennis world. I am your host, Ivy J, and in today's episode, I'll be recapping the ATP season and nominating awards to the best ATP players. Also, before I start, I have a really special guest with me. He is one of the people I train with at tennis, and he calls himself Djukovic. Aaron? Hello. Okay, so before we begin, please follow all my social medias, that is Instagram and Twitter, using at Tennis Traverse, that is at Tennis Traverse. If you're listening on YouTube, comment, like, and subscribe. If you're listening on other streaming platforms, please rate my show, and let's get right into today's episode. Okay, but before I actually start, I just want to say sorry if there's any background noises, because I'm recording at our, like, tennis training place, and there's a lake, so there might be, is that a lake? Uh... Pretty sure that's the Hudson Sound. Whatever. It's like a place, and then it's like really noisy. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of do like awards thing. Okay, we're gonna nominate awards for MVP, most improved, clutch, fan favorite, most entertaining player, and then we're each gonna say a name and we're gonna debate. Okay, so I'll start off with MVP. So my MVP is Novak Djokovic. How about yours? I would agree with that. I would say it's also Djokovic. I don't think there's much explanation needed there. I mean, every Grand Slam final, three out of the four Grand Slams, he won the ATP finals like three hours ago. He he won this, probably the best match of the year at Cincinnati. I'd say he's, he's, pr- he's most likely. I mean, I don't see how anyone else could come close to being the MVP for this year besides, I mean, maybe Alcaraz, but I mean, even that. He, he didn't make the final of every slam, and he only won one slam this year. Yeah, no, I think Novak is just really steady, and even though sometimes he, like, kind of stumbles a bit, he always manages to come back. For example, this tournament, he played, like, three matches, like, for the first, like, group stage, and it was all three setters. However, like, during semifinals and finals, he managed to, like, find his best form again. He found his best form. He won his straight yeah. sets. I mean, yeah. the, the last two matches were, like, barely competitions. Besides, there was, like, a stretch at 3-2, in the second set, where Alcaraz, I'm watch it. <laughs> not a real fan. Where Alcaraz played like three amazing points in a row to get two break points on Djokovic serve to start to try and come back in the match, but Djokovic saved both of them with really amazing points. He just raised his level when he needed to do it the most, and he did that throughout the whole season, which is why he's the MVP. Yeah, and I think it's just really impressive considering he's literally 36, and he's, he's almost like, 37 so, at this point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know, and he's like still fighting. So yeah. Okay. Anyways. And now I think we'll have different opinions, maybe? I don't know. Probably. Okay, most improved, I said Hubert Hurkacz and Yannick Sinner. I would agree with Sinner. I mean, Sinner definitely, I mean, this season was arguably one of his best seasons, probably the best. He had his first, he had his first big title. He beat Medvedev for the first time three times in a row. I'm not, yeah, I'm pretty sure three times in a row this season he beat Medvedev. He beat Djokovic for the first time. He had a positive head-to-head against Alcaraz. He beat Runa for the first time. He's at his all-time career high. This is the first time he's been number four in the world. Arguably, at least for the past month or so, he's been arguably the second best player in the world, I would say. He's, he beat Alcaraz and he beat Medvedev, who are the other two. Those are the top four guys mm-hmm. right now. I do disagree with Hercatch, however. Hercatch, I think Hercatch had a better, not 2019, I forget the year. There was one year, I think it was after 2019, he beat Federer in like a Wimbledon quarterfinal to mm-hmm. go to a semifinal, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And I think that was his best year. I think... He hasn't shown any real big improvements in his ground stroke game, his baseline game. He just has an amazing serve, which, I mean, that's great. But I think there are other players who also have big serves who are 
who made bigger improvements this year, like Ben Shelton and Chris Eubanks, both have big serves. They both made really deep runs at slams this year, which Hart Kirkash, I don't think he got to the quarterfinals of a single slam this year. I could be wrong. But Shelton and Eubanks both made it to the top 100 th this year. Shelton in the top 20 for the first time this year. I think those both arguably have much bigger improvements than Hart respectfully. Okay, I just want to say you have so many stats because I literally did not prepare, and he like has so many notes. But I first of all, I chose Huber, Hercas, and Yannick because I felt like Huber, well, he did have like a lower ranking than Yannick last year, so I didn't really choose Yannick because even though like I agree that he improved a lot, the ranking, like in terms of ranking, it wasn't like you know a huge difference. Even though like I agree yeah. that his like forms are obviously better, but I chose Hubert because I don't know. I just think he's more steady because he's going into more semifinals. Well, I don't think it's at Grand Slams. It's like at other tournaments, and I, I don't have any examples. But like I'm pretty sure I talked about it in my other episodes. I would agree with that. I would also like to throw up another. Honorable mention for, okay. for uh, most improved, which I'm sure you agree with this, which would be Dimitrov. He yeah. had an amazing last half of the season. He was a little bit eh at the the first part of the season, but I mean he started with a loss to Djokovic in Australian Open, which I mean any other yeah. player on the planet would have would have lost to him. He played amazing the first major of the year, but I think like I think there was a stat somewhere. I don't have a source on this, so I could be wrong. It said like from the Post, I think either post Wimbledon or post French Open 2023, he's been like the ninth best player in the world. So he, he had a great improvement. I'd say this is probably the second best season of his career besides, I think 2017 was his best career because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was number three in the world and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay, you're so knowledgeable. And Thank you. Um, I think Grigor, because he played um, in the final of Paris, he lost to Djokovic, but like it's Djokovic. Yeah, so it's like, Djokovic. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Clutch? Clutch, I mean, also Novak, I don't think there's much explanation needed there. He played a really intense three-step battle with Sinner a couple of days ago, and then today, a couple hours ago. He lost. He lost to Sinner in the three-set match. Okay. And then he beat Sinner okay. in straight sets today. Okay. Not very competitive sets, to be honest. 6-3, six, 6-3. Three, six, three. I mean, there was a match. It just wasn't, like, uh, a crazy competitive match. I mean... I think probably the best indicator of what was super clutch issue for Nokovic was just the Cincinnati match. That was, in my opinion, the best match of the year. I don't think there was a match that even came close to it this year. One of the best 3 sum matches of all time. Djokovic, he comes out swinging. He's doing great in the first set. Gets broken, loses the set, down 4-2. It looked like that was going to be the only match in the whole tournament where Alcaraz won in straight sets. But Djokovic came back. He fought. He played another, I'm pretty sure, hour and a half, two hours of tennis at 37 to beat out Alcaraz, and it was just amazing, it was a super clutch performance, and there, I mean, I don't have all of these, because I'm not that knowledgeable, but many other times of the season, I'm pretty sure he was, he came in very clutch, I'm pretty sure the only patch of the season he had that was kind of no bueno, was the, the beginning stretch of the clay court season up yeah. until the French Open, he was kind of, kind of not so good there yeah. but other than that I mean very consistent very mentally tough the whole season yeah and I feel like he always knows how to improve himself for example I'll just say the ATP finals when he played against Yannick for the first time he lost but however I feel like he played with like a more stable strategy to it like he is less willing to take risks however I feel like today during the final he's just more aggressive like mm -hmm. he hit a lot of like he tried to go for a lot of winners rather than trying to like 
kind of hit the high percentage shot. I, I'm not saying that it's like bad to hit high percentage shots, but it just like depends on who you are playing with. To like, right. yeah. I mean, Sinner was super aggressive these past couple of weeks. He was taking everything early. He was hitting his forehand the hardest I've ever seen him hit it. He, Djokovic tried to be solid the first match, and he just Sinner just kind of destroyed him yeah. like that. I won't say destroyed. It was a three set match, but Sinner. You know, he, he used that well, and Novak didn't really give him much to work with today. Yeah, okay. Fan favorite? I think that the fan favorite player this year was Rublev. I mean, you go on any social media, everyone loves him. He's very good with all of his interviews, very good with the public. He's just a very beloved player this season tour. I mean, there are many really resources I can pull up <laughs> to support that claim, but... Yeah, I, I agree. However, I just, I like his off-court personality better because... We talked about this before, like before our podcast, but how like Rublev was banging his knees on the tennis racket, and it was like ble like he was bleeding. And I don't think it's like a good example because, to be honest, tennis isn't that serious. Like, you shouldn't be harming yeah, exactly. yourself. Like, yeah, you can you can even if you lose to the same player repeatedly over and over again, like say fourteen <laughs> times, uh, it's 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 just a game. You know, at the end of the day, I you can him. get a little bit mad. But Shut up. Okay, he's really annoying. No, not not Rublev. Um, Aaron. Okay, Thank you. so I said Carlos because I feel like he's young and I just really like the way he plays and I feel like he changed the game with his like drop shots. You yeah, know? a lot of players. Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many more drop shots this year than I've seen like ever. Besides, the only person I think drop shotted that much besides Alcaraz is like Federer. But Federer is just Federer, you know. Yeah. He's Federer. Yeah, and I feel like because he's young, there's. Obviously, he won two Grand Slams. He's won two. He won U.S. Open yeah. last year and Wimbledon this year. So there's obviously a lot of pressure built up against him, but I feel like because he's young and less experienced, people expect him to, like, they don't expect him to, they do expect him to win all the time, but they have, like, more of a losing tolerance, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. he can lose sometimes, and people mm -hmm. won't, like, get super mad. Yeah. I mean, what, how many losses did he have this year? Like, six? Yeah. Seven, maybe? I don't know, but like when he played against Roman Safalin, like for Paris, he lost like in round two because he had a round, round one. What round went by? No, he had a round one by. You're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, and then he played in round two and he lost. And it was like a straight set loss. But like when I was scrolling through the comments on Instagram, everyone was hating on him so much. Yeah. 10 losses this year. Okay. I mean, honestly, not that bad. Didn't he play like 70 matches this year? Yeah, yeah. He had 10 losses this year, which is like really not that bad. It's not that bad. I mean, yeah. he's young. He's he's not like, he, he's pretty much in his physical prime, but he's not at the mental peak of his abilities mm -hmm. yet. Those, I don't think. Honestly, I think those are going to take, his mental is going to take him and to come together. I mean, he has a very strong mental now, especially for his age, but just he has, like, these moments where he just lets up. And, like, I mean, honestly, in, in Cincinnati, if Alcaraz has been mentally tough, right, I, I love Novak. He's my favorite. He's, he's the GOAT. But I don't think he would have won the Cincinnati match unless, because yeah. Alcaraz is up 5-2, 4-2 in the second, and he played a, a really sloppy service game to give mm -hmm. Djokovic the break back. And I mean, Djokovic is great. He's physically strong. He was recovering, but I, I mean, he goes down five-two in that set. I just don't think he would have been able to yeah. bring himself back together in time. Yeah. And that was really just a fault of Alcaraz's mental strength at that time. I mean, he came he came back together. He he wasn't mentally poor the entire game. He still played amazing tennis after that. But it was that one like little thing against a player like Novak, who's just so solid the entire yeah. time. I mean, he's and not quite at that level yet. 
And I think it's also because he was playing against Novak because Novak can always find like when you're mentally at your weakness and he can just like hang on to that and like destroy you just yeah. from like a tiny thing. So, and I really hope we can see sometimes like someday like Carlos Alcaraz in his prime physical and mental state versus Novak. I think we're definitely going to get that. I think, I mean, I'm hoping we get it before Novak retires, but yeah. I mean, you, we'll definitely get it at least at one point during his career. I mean, yeah. there's no way. Okay, next. Most entertaining player? You go first this time. Okay. I think it's Daniel Medvedev. We had this conversation before. He said it's Nick Kyrgios. Well, Nick Kyrgios, well, this is this year. Nick, I said overall. Okay. Nick Kyrgios isn't on the tour this year. Daniel Medvedev's so funny. He's, like, so funny. Like, I saw him, and I was, like, searching up his funny moments, and, like, I keep on laughing because there's, like, highlights of him being funny, and it's just super... He is a, he's a yeah. funny guy, but I think... I think he's the most entertaining player off the court, and he's, mm -hmm. he's pretty entertaining on the court, too. Yeah. But I would just say most entertaining to watch. Like, you're the most, like, I don't know how to say this properly. In terms of being, like, not, okay, I forgot what we were talking about for a second. So the most entertaining player on the tour, I think, this year was Alcaraz. I mean, the Tennessee was able to produce this year at his highest level. I mean, winners from everywhere, immaculate drop shots. He was just the most entertaining player to watch this year. Like, I was like, wow, the most when I watched Alcaraz watched this year. I was at the US Open, I was, I was at the US Open this year. I got to saw him practice so a, little, a little bit. Take this out, buddy. But I got to saw him practice a little bit. I mean, even in his practice, he's very intense. He's very like, he's so passionate about it. You can see on the court. I mean, this season, I think he's had a bit of a, the ending stretch of the season, he's been like less happy on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for the beginning of the season, he's smiling at everything. He's hitting winners. He's playing like very, it's not carefree obviously because he wants to win, but it, it, it almost like seems carefree. It's yeah. just very entertaining to watch. Like I think the most entertaining player, like it depends on how you define it, right? Like if you were saying it's off court, eh, okay. It might even be like Andre because Andre yeah, Rublev is he's, really He's, he's yeah. very funny. He's more sweet than that. I think Medvedev is a funnier guy off court. Yeah, and however, if it's on court, I definitely agree with Carlos. I think also he like runs, like he can run he's to so every, fast. I know he can run to every single ball. So that obviously I makes I think he's him. the second fastest player on tour. Who's the first? Diminoy. Oh yeah, I agree. But like his season, uh, Hey, hey, hey. He, he went deep in Australia, decently deep. I think he lost, yeah, I think he lost round of 16. And he just got destroyed by Novak. But once again, I mean, this is another thing I don't understand about Novak. I don't understand, like, both the Australian Open and the U.S. Open this year. Australian Open, he dropped one set to an unseeded player yeah. in the second round. And then he played, like, the number three in the world, I think, at the time. I think Sitsipas was very high up in the ranking at uh -huh, this time. Yes. He was like number top five in the world. Sitsipas, and he didn't drop a single set. And US Open, he <laughs> went to five sets against, uh, I think it was Dejer, who's unseated Serbian oh, player. Oh yeah, yeah, that was so And then he can beat someone like Medvedev in straight sets in the final. It's like. Yeah, so I feel like that's why he's like, obviously our MVP and our clutch player, because he just, he knows how to adjust himself when he's like, sometimes having a like tough match even though it's always five like when it's a deciding set and someone's playing against Novak in my heart I'm like okay Novak's gonna win yeah honestly I, I was I think the biggest shock I've like almost ever experienced uh watching tennis was the Wimbledon final when I like I remember I was oh, sitting yeah. there with my friends I was yeah. watching the Wimbledon final I was like it went to the fifth set I was like there's no way Novak loses now there's just no way yeah. and then he didn't that was just amazing to watch yeah but I mean this season he won he won what he won 82% of tie breaks, 86% of finals, 81% of deciding sets, 73% of his matches after losing the first set, and 96% of his matches after winning the f first set. 
and like three set and five set matches, matches that went like the longest distance possible this season. He won 63% of those matches. I mean, this dude has stats, but I listen, don't. Listen, don't okay, worry about it. He prepared. Let's talk about underwhelming players a little bit. I have this to say. I was such a big fan of FAA. I still am. I still think he's a, he's a yeah, lovely dude. He told me he's before, got a very yeah. he's got a very nice looking forehand. And as a fan of his, this season was so hard to watch. I mean, I remember like I, an example of this. I was watching the I had the draws yeah. for the French Open that came out, yeah. and I didn't watch any of the first round matches. I think besides Alcaraz and Novak, those were only two first round matches I watched. Uh -huh. And then so I went to sleep. And then I, I got back from school the next day, and I'm like, okay, great. I'm excited to watch FAA play, right? Because there's no way he lost in the first round. Yeah. And he lost in the first round. Ha, ha, ha. No kidding. It's fine. I mean, yeah, I feel like he's been bothering with, like, he has some injury, right? So that's no he, was, no, he was coming back from an injury this year. Okay. I, but like, I mean, he had, a, he had a solid stretch at the end of the season. He beat Rune. He, he defended his title in Basel, which I did not expect at all. Mm -hmm. But just for most of the rest of the season, he was just a non-factor. Yeah, but I feel like Oso... Even though, I just want to say, even though Steph qualified for the ATP Finals, I just, I don't know what happened to him. He got injured. No, Steph, no. Steph Sitsipas. He, he had, you know Paula, but those, like, yes. like, they are dating. I'm aware that they're dating. And Ivy. I think it's taking a toll on him. I am, but are you also aware that he is injured? He has an arm injury, which is why he well, pulled out of the ATP Finals? Yes, but What did like, you think? Did you think he pulled out of the ATP Finals to go hang out with Bedosa? No, I don't think that. But I think his... U.S. Open performance because oh, everyone like, that was tragic. That was so bad. I know. Like I just think because he's dating someone who's playing tennis, there's like more pressure built up against him, and because his coach is his dad, and sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I mean, he had a coach this season. He like removed his father really? for like he removed his father for like two weeks and then uh, put him back. Okay, yeah, like I feel like he just he kind of relies on his family to coach him, which I don't think is like a wise decision considering he really didn't have the best year. But yeah, all I would like to say. A saddest season, not not like most disappointing, but like the season that was just very sad to me personally was Berrettini. He was starting to find good form again this oh, season. Yeah. He made it to I think round of 16 of Wimbledon. I forgot. He that. he went to the U.S. Open this year and he just got another horrific injury oh, again. Oh yeah, he like twist. He was like crying. He, yeah, he was like crying. He got rolled off the court in a wheelchair right right when he was starting to find good form again. It was just oh, very yeah. sad to watch. And before I s like stop this episode, I just want to say another thing for the most improved player, which is Alexander Zverev. Because yes. he was, um, he rolled his ankle last year. It was so horrible. He was like I, screaming. I honestly think he could, he could have won that French Open. I know he could. Like he was actually playing such a close he was, match. He was with such Rafa. a close. Match. I know. And then I, I felt so bad for him. You know, I don't like him personally, but I felt so bad for him because he was like rolling on court, like yeah. crying. And he came back and he did super well. I think. He I did. Think. He did very well this season. He beat Sinner in the U.S. Open. He made it to the ATP Finals where he beat Alcaraz, mm -hmm. and he. He made it to the French Open semis again. He didn't, I don't think he... Did he... He lost to... Who? He lost to... Michael Moe in the Australian Open? Did he play in Australia? I don't know. He played in Australia. I'm pretty sure he played okay. in Australia. But I just want to say that, like, if we have, like, another awards for, like, the best comeback players... Yeah, that him. would be very... Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I very rarely see players come back from injury and then basically within the same season get back to where they were before. I wish that could have happened to... <laughs> I wish that could have happened to a different player yeah. whose name is Dominic Team because that is my favorite. Uh, that's yeah. my favorite of okay. all time. That's all he. He he would have he would have been the goat. He would have been like number one in the world. Okay, but to be honest, his season's fine. Like his season is not fine compared to what well, he was. Well, compared to what he, like compared to last year, his season was fine. You know, this year. 
Stop. He's really I sad. I, think, I honestly think he could have won really deep in the U.S. Open this year if he didn't have like the stomach problems. Because he was playing oh, a he yeah. was playing a really tight match with Shelton yeah, in that yeah, first yeah. set, and then he just retired. No, I was kind of surprised when he beat um, Bublik in round one. Yeah. Because I thought Bublik's gonna win, and then Dominic Thiem just like he beamed. destroyed him. Yeah, I was like, okay, because I also like Dominic Thiem, but like not. So he's just a Dominic Beam. Dominic Thiem. Thiem. It's a team. Really. Okay, he's really okay. Dominic team. No, it's not. It's team. I promise you, it's, it's team. Not. Okay, should I keep this part in? Team. <laughs> should I keep this part in? Sure. Okay, guys, tell us if it's team or theme. I don't know. Okay. If it was theme, it'd be spelled T H E M E. It's T H I E M. Yeah, team. Theme. <laughs> okay. Anyways. This is so bad. Okay, we're gonna end this episode. Do you have anything else to say? No. no. Okay, we're ending this episode. Um, please subscribe if you want. <laughs> this episode's so interesting. Okay, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, like and comment. And uh, if you're watching on other platforms, please rate my show and like. Ten out of ten, guys. Yes, exactly. And then uh, follow my Instagram and Twitter using at Tennis Trivers. And okay, say something. Uh. Do everything she said to do. Okay, okay. That's all. Thanks. See you guys next week. Bye. Adios.